You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. For the season previews this year, every day I go through a topic, then preview one American League and one National League team for fantasy purposes. So in today's episode, we're going to look at runs scored before going to Ohio. We'll take a look at Cleveland and then the Cincinnati Reds. So when we're looking at runs scored, I thought it'd be worthwhile looking at runs per game. Uh, and right now in 2020, there were 4.65 uh, runs per game uh, for per team. And that's down a little bit from 2019. 2019 was 4.83. 2018 was 4.45. 2017 was 4.65. 2016 was 4.48. And you can kind of see there over that five-year span, it's kind of in a 4.6 uh, range. Uh, 2015, it was 4.25. So that's down a little bit. 2010 was 4.38. The year 2000, it was 5.14. Uh, and so scoring has gone down since 2000. Um, but it hasn't exactly uh, plummeted because it went down and then has started to work its way back up. In 1990, go back, it was 4.26. Uh, and so it climbed all the way up to 5.14 in 2000 and, uh, and then eventually worked its way down. So, uh, you know, how does this affect uh, fantasy value? And well, from the looks of it, run scored is a fairly cyclical thing, but it also, um, and there are differences between eras and, you know, we can go back to dead ball eras and, and kind of eras that are well before fantasy baseball. Um, but there's nothing in recent seasons to indicate that there's real, some real dramatic shift in, in scoring. Uh, it's much more gradual uh, in the past decade and, and the changes aren't necessarily in a straight line. Um, and also what we're really finding is that maybe there, there are different paths uh, to get those runs scored. Uh, but, you know, as we play more three true outcome baseball, uh, but overall, uh, it's not as though the number of runs scored has, has changed all that dramatically. So when it comes to finding players who will score your runs, uh, what you really need to do is focus on the opportunities. Uh, and that comes uh, based on uh, players that are getting on base, obviously, uh, players that play a lot, players that hit at the top of the order so they get to the plate uh, more often. And so if you look, uh, since 2018, the leader in runs scored is Mookie Betts. He has 311 runs scored in that time. Now, the second most runs scored uh, belongs to Colorado Rockies outfielder Charlie Blackman at 262. So Betts is almost 50 runs ahead of the field. And, and you know, that makes a difference. So, you know, when, when I did my mock first round and we had Mookie Betts as the, the number two overall player, uh, one of the factors is, is that he's much more likely to score runs. You know, when you're hitting at the top of a, of a Dodgers batting order, uh, that doesn't hurt. Uh, and so you can, you know, consider all the players who have scored the most runs and, and some of them are going to be fairly obvious. Um, but you can also understand why this is happening. And so New York Mets shortstop Francisco Lindor had 260 runs scored. Obviously that was all with Cleveland, uh, but, you know, he should be able to score runs still with, with the Mets as well. Uh, Atlanta first baseman Freddie Freeman, who is... Uh, a first round value uh, in the, in the, my mock first round. Um, and why is because he is consistent and 
he gets on base and he hits and he plays almost every day. And so Freeman has 258 runs in this time. Christian Yelich is 257. And remember, he's coming off uh, a nearly disastrous 2020 uh, season. So, um, you know, Yelich with a, a typical 2020 uh, would would have been uh, ahead of everybody but Mookie Betts. Uh, then we've got Mike Trout at 252 runs scored. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., 251. I mean, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, fantasy baseball royalty here at, at that range. Uh, Houston Astros third baseman Alex Bregman, 246. Uh, Washington National shortstop Trey Turner, 245. Uh, and Philadelphia Phillies outfielder Bryce Harper, 242. Um, you know, guys guys who play and get, and get a lot of plate appearances, uh, get on base a lot, they're the ones who are going to have opportunities to score. Uh, and then there, there's three more uh, infielders that, who all scored 240. Uh, Trevor Story for Colorado. Uh, the former Oakland shortstop, now Toronto second baseman, Marcus Semyon. And New York Yankees second baseman, DJ LeMahieu. So uh, you kind of go through that list. I mean, most of these guys uh, are valuable fantasy players overall. It's not as though you can uh, find, some, find some player who uh, doesn't fill in any other statistical categories, but somehow is a specialist at scoring runs. That really doesn't exist. Like so, somewhere along the way, they have to uh, uh, either they they hit well enough, or or they steal bases, or there's some other factor uh, that that helps contribute to them uh, getting on base and and scoring this many runs. So uh, now, who kills you uh, when it comes to runs? Well, it's usually catchers. Uh, Wilson Ramos, Yadier Molina, and James McCann. Uh, over the past three seasons among qualified hitters, those three are among the, the bottom seven uh, when it comes to runs scored. And, you know, that's, there, there's no great uh, mystery about it. It's, these guys uh, kind of plod their way around the bases, and uh, they're not as likely to score from second on a single uh, uh, and uh, not, not as likely to take an extra base whenever they're on the, on the base path. So uh, Others uh, that are down kind of low on the, uh, the run score list, Orlando Arcia, Joe Panic, um, D. Gordon, uh, Travis Shaw, Miguel Rojas, um, Jose Martinez, Michael Franco. And the thing is, you know, for position players, if they're a real clear liability in terms of run scored, they're probably not going to have any fantasy value at all. So, you know, you don't even need to worry about it. Uh, D. Gordon, uh, of those players that are listed, he would have some fantasy appeal if he's playing because he can steal bases. Uh, but you know his overall value is, is fairly questionable, and, and guys like Arcia and Panic and and Rojas, they may not hit enough in, uh, to really have fantasy value. And if they don't hit enough, they probably aren't going to score enough runs, uh, and and so they become basically fantasy irrelevant. So when we come back, we'll we'll dive into uh, Cleveland and take a look at a a team that you know maybe isn't uh, exactly going for it this year, uh, but uh, still has some talent. Rock Auto is an online part source where you can get just about anything for any type of vehicle. It's also a family business, serving auto parts with customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. This is true. It's two clicks and you're where you need to be. Quickly, see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. 
why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. There's an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We're covering everything you need to know about fantasy baseball, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. It's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's look at Cleveland. We'll start with, uh, I guess, the one elite hitter they've got in the lineup, and it's third baseman Jose Ramirez, who uh, is... An elite across the board here. In my mock first round, I had Ramirez going sixth uh, overall. He could hit you 30 home runs, could score and drive in 100, steal more than 20 bases as a third baseman. Uh, he may not have uh, a ton of support in, in the uh, lineup this year, but Ramirez is, is an elite player. Uh, and you know, aside from uh, sort of a bizarre slump a couple of years ago for for a few months, uh, he's he's been kind of performing at this level for a while now. Uh, and I think we can we can safely believe that that's who he really is. Uh, And so, yes, high first round pick on Jose Ramirez, no problem. Uh, I guess next uh, of of interest in in their Cleveland lineup is outfielder Eddie Rosario, uh, who's not much defensively, but we're talking fantasy baseball here. So what do we care about that? As long as it doesn't affect his playing time. Uh, But Rosario was a productive hitter in Minnesota, will be a pretty important part of the Cleveland lineup as, as well because he's a proven uh, bat and, and that's not exactly a, a common uh, trait here uh, as we go through the rest of the lineup. But uh, you, Rosario's not exactly an early early round selection. You're already moving into the mid-rounds before you start looking at him. Uh, but uh, given given the other options here in Cleveland, uh, he's you know probably the second best uh, behind Ramirez. Uh, then there's uh, D.H. Framil Reyes, uh, who's maybe not the most well-rounded hitter, uh, but he can hit bombs. Uh, he has 1,074 career plate appearances, has 62 home runs. Uh, so when you see that, it's pretty easy to forecast 30-plus, uh, and you know maybe you don't get uh, all the other stats that you might you might want, uh, but uh, at some point in your draft, if you're if you're looking for for that home run power, Framil Reyes uh, will be among those players who who kind of has a flashing light beside him. Uh, now, on, on the other end of the spectrum, I suppose, is uh, Ahmed Rosario, uh, who played shortstop for the Mets. Looks like he's going to be in maybe more of a utility role um, with Cleveland. And, and the strange thing was he didn't run last season, which really limits his uh, fantasy appeal. Uh, in 2019, Rosario had 15 home runs and 19 stolen bases. So it, it didn't look, it, you didn't have to look too hard uh, to see a potential 2020 season. Uh, in his future. Now, if he is moving off of shortstop, uh, it could be interesting to see exactly where Rosario gets most of his reps. And, and if he, you know, plays in infield and outfield and gives you positional uh, versatility, uh, that probably helps his value a little bit. Uh, but I think you also, you're, you're going to bank on him being able to run. Uh, if he's not stealing bases, uh, Rosario really doesn't have a whole lot of fantasy value, but if he if he's running enough and, and maybe could steal you twenty bases, suddenly uh, that uh, he he becomes much more interesting. 
Uh, then we can go to right fielder Josh Naylor, the 23-year-old uh, who will get a chance to play, uh, but so far his uh, his performance in the majors has been uh, spotty. Uh, he has 343 career plate appearances, nine home runs, hitting 249 with a 692 OPS. Now he's hit well enough at Double A and Triple A, and uh, in, in the postseason uh, last year, uh, to think that you know he he could hit enough uh, to make it work uh, if given the opportunity. And and the way things are are going with this Cleveland lineup, it looks like Naylor should get uh, ample opportunity. Uh, then we've got shortstop Andre Jimenez, uh, come, also came over uh, from the Mets with Rosario in the Francisco Lindor trade. Now, uh, Jimenez doesn't hit a whole lot. He's uh, more known for his defense uh, at this stage of his career, uh, but he also uh, he can steal bases. And if uh, he manages to hit enough uh, and you know steals 20 bases or 25 bases, um, at the very least, he, he could be considered a middle infielder uh, who has some upside uh, for fantasy. Uh, then, uh, you know, we move down another tier uh, into, you know, somebody like second baseman Cesar Hernandez, a veteran who's fine, a decent middle infielder who could hit you 275 and score some runs if he plays a regular, uh, regularly. But he also, he hasn't been stealing bases, uh, at least in the way that he did earlier in his career. Um, when he could get you in the high teens, uh, but if if Hernandez isn't uh, isn't doing a whole lot on the base paths, well, his his fantasy value uh, becomes relatively mediocre. Um, you know, maybe you know as a late round uh, selection to to fill a middle infield slot, he, he's uh, he's a possibility, uh, or he's somebody you look for on the waiver wire. Well, now we get into some riskier uh, territory. Uh, left fielder Jake Bowers. Uh, so far in his career in the major leagues, he's had 811 plate appearances. Bowers is hitting 214 with a 691 OPS. Now he's hit 23 home runs, so you, you know there's some potential there uh, for power, uh, and he should have a good opportunity uh, with this Cleveland team. But if he can't hit enough to hold the job, uh, there will be you know challengers. Jordan Luplo uh, could battle for playing time, and Ahmed Rosario uh, maybe could get some time in left field, and so. Uh, We'll see Bowers is, is not the only one uh, of uh, players in that Cleveland lineup who, who have a rather tenuous hold on their position. Uh, their center fielder, Oscar Mercado, who showed real promise in 2019, uh, then not so much in 2020. Uh, but, you know, maybe a bit of a sleeper candidate given his, his tough 2020 season uh, because he had 15 home runs and 15 stolen bases in 2019 as a rookie. Uh, and so, you know, Mercado, um, you know, given given the... Uh, other talent on, on this Cleveland team, uh, if he reverted to his 2019 form, he would be uh, uh, a really valuable uh, contributor. And then finally, we've got catcher Roberto Perez. Uh, he does have some power. He hit 24 home runs in 2019, and a catcher will hit you 24 home runs. Uh, that There is some value in that. Uh, but then he just hit one home run in 110 plate appearances last season and is a 212 hitter for his career. Uh, so... Uh, you know, if you end up looking at Roberto Perez on, on fantasy draft day, even in two catcher leagues, uh, things probably have, have not been going your way. That's uh, he, he he tends to be uh, someone who's out there on the waiver wire, and, and you're in a two catcher league, and um, you know somebody's hurt, and and you don't really have other options of who's the starting catcher uh, out there. That that's when you find Roberto Perez uh, landing on your team. Uh, and now the Cleveland also has. 
uh, prospects, Owen Miller and Dan Johnson, who could challenge for jobs at some point during the season. Uh, but this is a very unproven lineup, and, and so we'll have to kind of wait and see how, how a lot of these guys turn out. Uh, but if, uh, you know, if you're looking for value plays, uh, some of these guys like Josh Naylor, um, Fran Mill Reyes, uh, they, they may be able to uh, give you some pretty good value, maybe even Oscar Mercado late, uh, because you know they're they're either uh, unproven at the major league level or or you know in Mercado's case struggled last season. If those guys, uh, you know, you you take a shot at them in later rounds, and if, if they manage to uh, perform this season, well, you could end up with uh, some nice excess value uh, based on their draft slot. So let's take a look at Cleveland's pitching, uh, which actually should be uh, still respectable. Uh, start with Shane Bieber. Uh, who was the best pitcher in baseball last season and uh, is a, a mid-first-round pick uh, in most formats. Uh, he was incredible last season, and uh, you could you could make him the first pitcher off the board this season just based on that. Uh, now, I think Jacob deGrom and, and uh, Garrett Cole are also in that mix to be the uh, first pitcher off the board, and they do have a longer track record of success than, uh, than Shane Bieber, uh, but, you know, you can't can't complain too much uh, if you end up taking Bieber as the first pitcher because he was he was incredible in 2020. Uh, now, beyond Bieber, uh, you, you get question marks, but also you know some promising uh, pitchers like Zach Plesac, who was you know shockingly effective in 2020. He was he was okay in 2019, but he looked like a fifth starter. Uh, and then in, in 2020, he was you know almost an ace. Now, if he if he's that guy for real. Uh, over a full season, then, you know, he could be a really great value pickup uh, this year. Uh, just kind of depends on, you know, how, how willing you are to believe that uh, Zach Plesak's performance in 2020 is uh, kind of what he can be over a full season. Uh, then there's uh, Aaron Savali, who was great uh, in 2019 when he kind of got his first uh, shot in the majors and then not so great last season. Uh, but is it an interesting candidate to be kind of a you know, a late pick uh, as a sleeper, maybe he's the sixth or seventh starter on your fantasy staff, um, because Savali, because he had that initial success in 2019, you know, you can see that there's sort of a, a path to him having fantasy value for you. Uh, then there's Tristan McKenzie, who, who may not have a real heavy workload, um, but he was effective uh, when the uh, Cleveland called him up uh, last season. And, you know, the fact that he was that a, what, was that effective was quite impressive because he missed all of 2019. And so, um, you know, McKenzie, he needs to build up and, and get some uh, innings under his belt. Uh, but uh, there, there were some, some promising signs last year. And if you're, you know, if you're looking to grab a, a sleeper who uh, may be able to offer you uh, some, some upside, Tristan McKenzie is certainly in the, in that mix. Uh, then there's closer, uh, James Karinchak. Um, he has, you know, the numbers of a top-tier closer. He had like 17 strikeouts per nine innings last season. Uh, but, you know, he doesn't have a ton of experience in that role. But he, he was setting up Brad Hand, and, and that was a really formidable duo uh, for, for Cleveland. But now it's uh, it's Karinczak's turn, and, uh, you know, you're, not, you're maybe not going to take him uh, at, at the spot where, you, where there are other you know, reliable, proven closers for however many of those there are. Uh, but once you get into the next tier of, of closers who are, you know, trying to establish themselves in the role, uh, Karinczak should be right near the top of that list. Uh, then you've also, when you're looking at other pitchers on the, the Cleveland staff, there's Logan Allen, Cal Quantrill, Adam Plutko, 
any of those guys could end up making you know spot starts uh, and and maybe uh, there will be times when when they could have some streaming value with the right matchup but um, overall uh, they're not especially valuable for fantasy purposes bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. As you may have heard, Major League Baseball is coming up. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked on at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source. For daily baseball talk, subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Now we're on to the Cincinnati Reds, and the Reds don't exactly have a uh, a murderer's row, but there, there is some talent here. And we'll start with third baseman Eugenio Suarez, who is a premier power hitter. Uh, he could hit 40 home runs; he has before, uh, and if he does that, we'll probably push 100 runs and 100 RBIs. Batting average could be a question. Uh, he's a 261 career hitter, which would be totally fine, uh, but he hit 202 uh, in 2020. So uh, th- that's you know maybe one you know potential uh, ding in the in Suarez's game, but uh, overall uh, that home run power is going to going to lure you in uh, relatively early. Uh, then their second baseman, Mike Mustakas, uh, who also doesn't necessarily hit for the highest average, but uh, can get you 30-plus home runs uh, while playing second base, and that, that works uh, just fine. It's a position that doesn't have uh, the best offensive uh, performers, uh, and so if you can at least get consistent power there out of Moustakas, there, there's something to be had there. Now, one of the things is, is if you're taking a second baseman like Moustakas uh, for, for his home run power uh, and the fact that he's probably not going to run a whole lot, uh, you are sacrificing uh, steals and... and you know, you may need to find some other way of getting it. Now, if that means you have, you know, multiple outfielders who, who put up good steals totals, then great. Uh, but uh, second base would tend to be one of the spots that you uh, would use to address that position or the that category. So when you take somebody like Mike Moustakas uh, at second base, there is a bit of a trade-off to be made there. Uh, left fielder Jesse Winker uh, has, he's had 567 plate appearances the past two seasons. And he's hit 28 home runs, and he has an 859 OPS for his career. So um, there's potential there, and that makes Winker uh, one of the more interesting uh, players on the Reds. Uh, then there's veteran right fielder Nick Castellanos. Uh, now he hit just 225 last season. Usually he's about 50 points higher than that, and he hits home runs. Uh, and you know there's some kind of steady value to have. Uh, with Nick Castellanos, it's not uh, necessarily the flashiest uh, in terms of fantasy, but if he if he hits you 275 and gets you 28 home runs, you know th- that'll play. Uh, then their center fielder Nick Senzel, uh, who's a top prospect, but he just hasn't really put it together yet. Uh, he has 492 uh, career plate appearances, has 14 home runs and 16 stolen bases in that time. 
So in a full season, uh, 2020 is not out of the question uh, for Nick Senzel. So I think from the Reds' perspective, they just like him to be healthy uh, and see if he can he, if he can get those reps uh, and see what kind of numbers he can put up. Uh, then there's you know, Reds legend, first baseman Joey Votto, who, who's not near what he was at his peak, as, as you might guess when you, when you get into your late 30s, uh, but he still has some power. And can get on base. Uh, if if you have a league that is based on on-base percentage, Joey Votto uh, retains more value there because he, he can still get on base. Uh, at this stage, though, of his career, he's kind of a, a late-round corner infield option. Um, not the, uh, not the uh, star or superstar that he was uh, at his peak. Now, when you head beyond uh, that group, uh, we're into the real question marks of the Reds lineup. Their shortstop, Kyle Farmer, who, who he may start at shortstop. He's sort of been a utility guy. Um, hitting 242 with a 667 OPS for his career. If he ends up starting at shortstop and puts up big numbers, that's that's going to come as a surprise. And, and so uh, I, I think you, you could wait and see what happens with uh, A, with the red shortstop position, period. Uh, but B, if it's Farmer, wait and see whether or not he can you know hit enough to hold the job and and be of interest. Uh, for your fantasy team. Uh, then there's catcher, Tucker Barnhart. Um, you know, he's a 248 career hitter, which, you know, you can manage, uh, whether he's your your backup in a, in a two-catcher league or something like that. But if he hits 204 like he did last season, well, then, you know, you don't need to worry about him. Uh, that's sort of the, the value, I guess, of Tucker Barnhart. He's overall in his career, yes, there's probably... You know some fringe fantasy value, but if if he's hitting as like as poorly as he did last season, not so much. Uh, outfielder Shogo Okiyama, uh, whom we don't know about what kind of playing time he's going to get. Uh, if the outfield has Winker, Castellanos, and Senzel, you know maybe Akiyama is you know kind of struggling to to find enough at bats. Um, but if if he does play regularly, you could get double digit home runs and double digit steals out of him. Um, if Farmer uh, falters at shortstop. Maybe D. Gordon uh, could earn a spot on, on the team. And if Gordon is playing, uh, he's going to have some fantasy value for based on stolen bases. Uh, and you know, maybe not much else, but uh, you know, steals are a rare commodity, and D. Gordon uh, may still be able to provide some. So now let's look at, at Cincinnati's pitching staff. Uh, starts out pretty nice. You've got Luis Castillo the past two seasons. Has a 3.35 ERA, 1.17 WHIP, 10.9 strikeouts per nine. Uh, he's uh, an, an ace caliber uh, pitcher. You know, maybe not Cy Young caliber yet, but uh, definitely somebody you'd be happy as, say, your number two starter on your fantasy team. Uh, and probably in the same neighborhood as Sonny Gray, uh, who's been rejuvenated in Cincinnati the past two seasons. Has a 3.07 ERA, 1.12 WHIP, 10.8 strikeouts per nine, uh, and that's in 42 starts over the past two years. Uh, you know, both Castillo and Gray are, are you know, quality options, you know, at the top of the, the Reds rotation and, you know, relatively early in your in your fantasy drafts. And, you know, in third, fourth round, uh, you can probably, you know, take a run at them just depending on, on how many pitchers have come off the board. Uh, then we get into, you know, the promise, I guess, of Tyler Manley uh, in the third slot. He, you know, only pitched 47 and two-thirds innings in a shortened season last year. Uh, but had a 3.59 ERA, 1.15 WHIP, and 11.3 strikeouts per nine. Well, that you know makes him a, a breakthrough candidate if he uh, could put up those kinds of numbers over a full season in 2021. 
you don't want to reach for for that given how uh you know that's a small sample to uh, to base your evaluation of Tyler Manley. Uh, but at the same time, if, if you're looking at a, a, a pitcher kind of later in your draft who, who is going to have some upside and a chance to, uh, you know, really make a difference on your roster, you know, Manley could because, you know, we've at least seen him heading down that path uh, last season. Uh, now, the back end of the Reds rotation is, is trouble. Uh, Wade Miley, the vet, veteran lefty, was great in 2018 probably okay in 2019 and got hit hard in 2020. <laughs> Obviously the trend is not great, uh, but he's someone I think you can wait and see. Uh, if he happens to be having an okay season, then uh, you can worry about grabbing him on waivers. Uh, and then it looks like uh, the Reds are going to give Michael Lorenzen uh, a shot at, at the rotation, and he's mostly been a reliever in his career. I mean, who knows if he can make it work. I, I'm not sure that I'd be jumping to get Michael Lorenzen on, on draft day, but he's someone you can probably watch and, and see what happens uh, and decide whether to grab him off waivers early on. Uh, then to the Cincinnati bullpen, where it looks like Amir Garrett is going to be the, uh, the closer. He has one career save, but uh, also looks like he probably has the stuff uh, to close. He can miss bats, uh, and uh, he comes with a bit of an attitude, or maybe a lot of an attitude. Uh, and so that's, that's probably not, not the worst thing in the world uh, for, for the end of games. Uh, and if Garrett, you know, with his one save, if if he can't handle the closer's role, maybe it goes to Lucas Sims, uh, who was effective in a setup role for the Reds last season, but he also has zero career save. So, uh, you know, the, the Reds uh, lost Rizella Iglesias uh, in the offseason, and in, in so doing, uh, they're sort of willing to, to go with unproven options uh, in the closer's role. And, you know, we may find that that's just totally fine. Uh, but uh, the, it's definitely a choice. So uh, send me your questions. You know what? I, I'm at ByScottCullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore Fantasy MLB on Twitter. If you want to fire off an email, send it to LockedOnFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. That will do it for today. I'll be back uh, tomorrow with more previews uh, and more stats. Uh, also, check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Find these podcasts. Subscribe, rate them on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. 